Hey, this is Eastlake BBA, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you. We hope this builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Good evening. My name is Oliver, and I am an alcoholic. Thank you for inviting me to speak, Luis. Thank you for that introduction, my friend. And um, Luis told me last week to speak about fear, and he said, pick a topic within the fear that you would like to talk about today. And you know, and I've been thinking about it since he told me what is it about fear that, that I needed to prepare to come and, and share with you. And, uh, and fear is a very easy topic for me, man, because that's what I live with all my life. You know, fear, it's, fear it's, a, it's a feeling that I, that I carried with me all my life without knowing that I was carrying fear about everything all my life. I use fear, and I think that it's very important for me to to tell you and for all of us to understand is that we as human beings, we use fear to protect ourselves. So we have to, or I have to be very compassionate by myself when I feel fear, when I felt fear all those years. You know, I came here to to Alcoholics Anonymous after I was done living, after I was done doing whatever I thought I needed to do in order for me to survive and to be happy. And pretty much this was the end of the line for me, man. I was desperate, I really needed a solution. And, uh, and I was afraid of everything, of everything. I couldn't go to work. I couldn't look at my kids in the eye. I was totally ashamed and embarrassed. I was truly afraid. I was afraid of fear. I mean, I, I, mean it was, I was so anxious, man. I couldn't sit still for five minutes. Taking a nap, forget about it, man. It was, it was just fear. I mean, fear, that's what drove my life. But you know, the frustrating thing is that I didn't know what I was afraid of exactly until I started walking the steps. And, and uh, I am extremely grateful for BBA for this way of doing the steps. Just because I believe that the fourth step that, that we do in this process is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And it has so much power in my life. You know, after doing the fourth step, I understood one thing. My fears created an illusion, an illusion to protect myself. I was afraid so much of life, of being hurt, of being not good enough, and not being sufficient, and not being loved. That I created this persona or this illusion that I thought it would protect me all my life. But at the end of it, that illusion ended up killing me, almost killing me. You see, because I totally lived in a lie. It was very hard for me to live in the truth because I was extremely afraid of the truth. Why? Because I was afraid of feeling, of pain, of hurt, of suffering, of responsibility, of consequences, right? Today I understand that, that fear is directly related to my selfishness. I believe that the root of my problems is that I am selfish and self-centered. The book says that. I'm going to read a little bit about the book right now. And it's only when I think about me all day long that I am terrified about something that I won't get, something that I can't control, something that, that happened to me and I can't change. I mean, it's fear of something that I'm not going to get that I'm not going to be able to manipulate you for me to get. Or that I'm not going to be able to pray hard enough for God to do what I want God to do. And then it's when I experience fear. So <clears throat> fear for me is directly related to my selfishness, to my self-centeredness. You know, When I'm in love, there's no fear. When I love you, there's no fear. When I don't have any fear of you living me or hurting me, there's no fear. When there's true love, there's no fear. When, but when I think about me and everything that I need, fear is with me constantly. So I'm going to read a few things in the, in the big book and, and, and I, will, I will talk to you about my experience with them. And it says on page 66, it says... Okay, it says, notice that the word fear is bracketed alongside the difficulties of Mr. Brown, Mrs. Jones, the employer and the wife. This short word somehow touches about every aspect of our lives. It was an evil and corroding threat. The fabric of our existence was shot through within. It set in motion train of circumstances which brought us misfortune. We felt we did not deserve but didn't know we ourselves set the ball rolling. And then if we turn to page 62, it says, selfishness, 
self-centeredness. That, we think, is the root of our problems or trouble. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past, we have made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position to be hurt. When we do a four step, you know, when you're doing your resentments, right? And, and, and the guide for the four step, this little tool, I mean, this sheet of paper and the four step on, on the BBA, if you haven't done it, I really recommend you do it. It talks about our seven areas of self, right? What is it that I'm so afraid of? I'm afraid of the way that you're going to look at me. I need to make sure that you look at me the way that I want you to look at me. If you don't think of me the way that I want you to think of me, that means that I'm not good enough, right? If I don't get what I want, that means that I wasn't good enough on getting it, or that I'm not lovable, or that I was rejected. So I needed to go through my seven areas of fear, of, 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 uh, of self, to understand the root of my problems. Why is it that I want you to do what I want you to do, not for me to be okay? Because think about it, it's so stupid. My happiness depends 100% on what you did. And I can't control a single second of your life. But my life depended on your reaction to me. And the way that I thought you needed to behave with me. But why was that? Because in reality, I was extremely afraid of not being good enough of not being loved, of not being respected. That's a, that's, a, that's a deep-rooted fear that made me do all kinds of stupid stuff all my life. I wanted you to love me, so I manipulated you. I lied to you. I cheated on you. Why? Because I just wanted you to love me. But it was very important for me to see that the fear that I had was not of not controlling you, but of being not good enough. You see, feeling not being good enough, I mean, that's a problem that I have found that the whole world has. I think that we were born feeling not good enough, every human being. I have worked with many people outside of the rooms, and they all have the same feeling. But the fear is so intense, right, that I hurt all of you without knowing that I'm hurting you. You see, we learn here that we have a spiritual malady, that our diseases, it's, it's the root of our diseases is a spiritual malady. And what does that mean to me today? Why did I drink? Why did I use drugs? Because I never felt good enough. Because I never felt respected. Because I was very afraid of being rejected. Because I was afraid of you not loving me, accepting me. So on and so forth. So that discomfort made me think that a drink could solve that. And what happens to the alcoholic or to Oliver when he drinks? He can't stop. That's how the disease works in my life. But the spiritual malady, the creation of it or its existence is because of my fears. If God can solve the fear problem, everything else goes away. The book says that if the, the spiritual stuff is straightened out, everything else will be solved. Well, for me, it was a fear. And I, it's so important to work the steps. It's so important to do a thorough four step. Because for me, it was extremely essential to see that everything that I did, it wasn't because I was a bad person or a coward, like I like to call myself, you see? As a man, if you feel vulnerable or if you're afraid, I call myself a coward. Look at myself in the mirror and say, you're a coward. I didn't say a coward, I said the other word, but that's how I call myself all my life. I never allowed myself to feel fear. However, that's all I felt, and that's how I acted all my life. I always put a front. You see, I was the big shot. My friends used to tell me, Oliver, you have everything under control, man. You have it made. But they didn't know that inside I was dying, man. I was so afraid, and I was so in need of their approval, man, that I was dying inside. And those fears, when you get honest with yourself and you truly see that everything that is driving your behavior is your fears, or at least my fears, that was a huge relief for me. Right. The book, the book talks about also about self-reliance. We have to ask ourselves why we have those fears. 
And at the end of the day, the fear that we have is because our self-reliance has failed me. I tried really hard to manipulate people. I tried really hard to have people do whatever I wanted to do. I tried really hard to stop drinking, and I couldn't stop drinking or drugging. But at the end of the day, I couldn't. I had to admit powerlessness. My life was completely unmanageable. My self-reliance failed me. Right? So the reason I'm, 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 I'm going all over the place, man, is because I think that fear is so important to face. It's so important for me to tell me and to see exactly what it is that I am afraid of. Because if I do not allow myself to tell me what it is that I am afraid of, I would always be a phony. I would always be a fake. And phonies and fakes suffer. I was a phony and I was a fake all my life. It's very difficult to tell yourself and to look at yourself in the mirror and to say you're afraid of not being good enough. You feel stupid. You feel ugly, you feel short, you feel fat, you feel tall, you feel ugly, you feel dumb. And you're afraid that people are not going to love you because of it. So the fear forced me to create an illusion, something that it did not exist. That's what an illusion is. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing that is going to drive me to insanity again than to live in a lie again. There's a beautiful thing that sobriety has given me. It's a beautiful thing, but it, it, it also sucks sometimes. And that's conscience. Today I cannot fool myself anymore. And it's wonderful if I want to grow and I want to embrace it and I want to go through it and I want to suffer it and then I want to grieve it and then come out on the other side stronger. But it sucks if I want to continue to keep playing a victim. Right? So the real suffering that I encountered was in, in, in sobriety. When I was drunk and I was using, man, I didn't have time to suffer shit. If I was afraid, I just took more coke, or I did more pills, or I drank more booze. If I was tired, I just did more pills. If I was anxious, I did more pills. I mean, there's no anxiety that a bunch of pills won't cure. I mean, those of you that did pills like me, you understand that Valium is very, very, very powerful, you know? It feels like God sometimes if you take a note of them. Or in fed means if you're lazy, I mean, you're not, you don't know what lazy means. You don't know what depression means because you're always on the go. I mean, drugs and alcohol did for me wonderful things. I have always said that here. But what, what happens when that stopped? But I don't have that to keep on running away from my life. I had to get honest. And that's when I truly experienced true fear. Right? But I needed to know fear about what? Because it's not enough to say I'm afraid. To me, it wasn't enough. I needed to know why I was afraid. Why exactly it is that I was afraid. You see, when you do a fifth step, you have to do a sixth and a seven right away. And you have to give God something. The more specific you can be on what it is that you're giving Him, the clearer it's going to be for you. It's really hard to say, hey, God, here, here's my life, do with it whatever you want. Here are my defects of character. What is it that you find objectionable about your life? What is it that you find unacceptable about your life? Being afraid of not being loved, that's unacceptable, man. I'm an okay guy. Today I have a lot of people that love me, and I love a lot of people, but all my life I thought that I was going to die alone. You see, I thought that I would never find a partner, man, to get married to and have kids and have a family. I always thought that I was going to, you know, die alone. That was one of my big fears. So, that's what fear has done in my life. But again, go through the inventory. It's one thing for me to come here and tell you what it is that I felt when I did it. And it's quite another when you do it yourself. <laughs> and you truly face your fears. What I saw after I did my, my fourth step, my fifth step on this one, on the, on the resentment, this one helped me way more than the fear inventory, to me, personally. And what I saw here was a, a scared little kid that I abandoned a long time ago. My parents got divorced when I was seven years of age. And a lot of tragedy happened in my life. Both of my parents are alcoholics, they use constantly. So I suffered a lot of abuse. And rather, what I did with that kid is that I abandoned that kid. I'd never allowed that kid to grieve, to grieve, to be sad, 
to be afraid, right? I just told him, shut up, put up, and just, 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 oh, brother, you don't have time. We don't have time for you. You have to be strong. You have to create this persona, right, to be able to survive. <clears throat> so whatever your parents are doing won't hurt you. Whatever your peers are doing won't hurt you. I mean, the world is a bad place. You have to create this avatar in order for you to be able to survive. And what happens with that is that I forgot who I was. I totally neglected myself for many, 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 many years. And drugs and alcohol are wonderful age to do that, to neglect who I am. So what I saw there is that I got a really, a really frightened kid inside of me. And the most beautiful thing about that is that the only one that can pamper that kid, it's me. You see, I have the fortune of having two beautiful son and a daughter, Jimena and Nicolas. Nicolas is graduating next week. I'm extremely proud of both of them. I mean, they're two good kids with two very screwed up parents. If my kid came to me and told me that I'm afraid that I will never be loved, what would I tell him? Would I tell him that he's a whip, that he's a wimp, that he's a coward, that he's an idiot? Of course not. I will embrace him, I will love him, I will tell him that he's the best thing that has ever happened to me in my life. I will try to teach him how to to love himself, right? Why I never did that with me? Those of us that are parents understand what I'm talking about. If you're not a father, you will when you have kids. But it's unfathomable for me to, to treat, if I ever talk to any of you the way that I talk to me, you wouldn't want to see me. And that's how I talk to me all my life. You're a coward, you're a loser, you're a wimp, you're a this, you're a that, you're the other. So when I found that kid and I understood that the only one that could take care of that kid was me. And I had to go back and embrace him. And tell him how much I love him. And to tell him that I, he was going to be safe with me, that I will protect him. Nobody's going to do that for him. It was a breakthrough moment. That was an aha moment for me. It was for the first time in my life I could embrace myself. For the first time in my life I could look at myself in the mirror with compassion. And to love the guy that was looking back at me. And understand that fear is okay. I'm not a wimp for feeling fear. I'm not a coward for feeling fear. Fear is just a feeling that I, it's there. I was so afraid of fear that I created an avatar, an illusion. <coughs> the more I believed that illusion, <clears throat> the farther away I went from my, my own self, my true self. So now that I know what I'm afraid of, how can I get rid of fear? Right? How it is that I can get rid of fear? I tried it for many, many years, and I wasn't able to get rid of fear. And this is how the, the book tells us that we will get rid of fear. So it said, sometimes, I'm going to keep on reading, we think... Fear ought to be classified with stealing. It seems to cause more trouble. We, we reviewed our fears thoroughly. We put them on paper, even though we had no resentments in connections with them. We asked ourselves why we had them. Wasn't it because self-reliance failed us? Self-reliance was good as far as it went, but it didn't go far enough. Some of us once had great self-confidence, but it didn't fully solve the fear problem or any other. When it made us cocky, it was worse. Now think about it. Have you been able to resolve your fear on your own? Have you ever been able to willingly get rid of fear totally by yourself? Perhaps there's a better solution or a better way. We think so. For we are now on a different basis. The basis of trusting and relying upon God. Here we go. We trust infinite God rather than our finite selves. We are in the world to pray the role he assigns us. Just to the extent that we do as he thinks he should have us and humbly rely on him, does he enable us to match calamity with serenity. That's very easy to say, man. 
It's very, 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 very hard to do. Those of you that have lived through a spiritual battle, that it's, it's hard. I'd much rather keep whatever misery I know than to give away and go to the unknown. It takes courage to give your life to God. It's not easy. And it says, we never apologize to anyone for depending upon our Creator. We can laugh at those who think spirituality the way of weakness. Today I can. And with this I'm going to close. How many of you have been able to give your lives entirely to God? Your finances? Your love relationships? Your work? Your family? Your past? Your future? Your everything? Without questioning it and wanting to get it back. It's hard, man. It's not easy. Paradoxically, is the way of uh, is the the way of strength. The verdict of the ages is that f faith means courage. All men of faith have courage. They trust their God. We never apologize for God. Instead, we let Him demonstrate to us what He can do. We ask Him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what He would have us be. At once, we commence to grow fear. So, I invite you guys to, to reflect on whatever I said and truly ask yourselves how courageous are we being every day in giving it all to God and all is all. I can't give just my addiction and disease to God. I have to give everything, my kids, my money, where I live, who I love, what I dress. And it's not easy. It's really hard. Thank you. Oliver, thank you so much for your share. Uh, Luis, alcoholic. You know, what I love about the big book is that, as Oliver just took us, it takes us from fear to faith. And uh, it's not, it doesn't matter what, what your higher power is, but I just want you to know that in the Bible, it, God says, don't be afraid 365 times. 365 times, that's one for every day. And there's many instances when God steps into the life of someone whose story and they get their fear overcomes them. And so what it's showing is that we can we can become over fear when the presence of God is near. And we can be overcome with fear when we when we feel pain or someone's trying to pull us out of our comfort zone. There are many reasons why we can become overcome with fear. But the answer is, is still the same. And, and you touched on it. Don't be afraid. And it takes strength and courage. And so what that looks like for me is uh, pray. Pray for strength and courage. Right? Turn away from whatever it is is that trying to keep your world small and keep you in your comfort zone because we're designed, every, every organic being is actually designed to grow. But some of us know what it's like to where we stopped growing, where we got stuck in that traumatic event or, or just in the consequences of our drinking and our using. But the truth is, is that this book, these 12 steps, God wants us to grow, wants us to keep moving forward in life. And so it's going to take strength and courage. Sometimes that looks like, look, in uh, present day, it says, page 84 for me, it says, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. One of my fears, you know, when I first got here was, not being respected, not being good enough, you know? And so there's someone in my life that we are connected by something very beautiful, but she, this person definitely does not respect me. And I know that uh, I've done this work enough to, I know that I can't change their mind. <clears throat> and so I have to basically pray and let go and let God. And sometimes it takes everything. 
to not respond. But the truth is, is that once someone's stuck in a resentment or they have made up their mind about you, about who you were five, ten years ago, they can't see the truth from the faults anymore. They only see the, where they got stuck and who you were at that point in time. And so, thankfully, this process, this program is designed to basically pray for them, let them be, let God battle, let, let God, what is it, fight your battles, and just focus on loving the people that God's brought into your life, and by not engaging in whatever storm or chaos that person is going through, tomorrow you can wake up and realize it's a new day, and that storm's probably passed in that person's life, and because you didn't get entangled into it, you're able to just forgive and bless, which is really what's practicing our step 10. But if case we can't do it, sometimes, you know, hey, fear gets the best of us. They're not respecting me. They don't see me. They don't acknowledge me. Well, we have a resentment sheet, and we have a, and we have a step five. And so uh, I'm very grateful for for how this program, these 12 steps have really helped change my life and given me new tools. You know, uh, it's, a, it's, not an, it's not an overnight process, it takes time, but you know, uh, I'm definitely a, a better man for it. And my family has benefited by me going through these steps. So thank you for that mission. My name is Brian, I'm alcoholic. Brian. Um, I really like the topic on fear. Uh, just kind of thinking about what you guys were saying earlier. And I just mailed off a, uh, a men's letter to my adoptive family. Um, and I'm about six months in this program and I had this huge fear about it. And I, I just mailed it off this morning. And so I've been thinking about it all day having this fear, like what my mom and dad are going to say. And, uh, and I just had to ask God for... Um, just, just a peace of mind to just help me get through it. Whatever the outcome is, whatever they, you know, their reaction is, it really is for me to not drink over it anymore. It's for me to let it go and not have this fear about how they're going to react, but to just move forward. It's, it's, it's to make that amends and just keep pushing through because what they're expecting is for me to relapse again. And, and it'd be really nice to not let them down this time and to get through it head on. See, the way I looked at it is someone's told me that uh, fear was false evidence appearing real. And that same person told me that God made two animals very similar. And he made cows and he made buffalo really similar. But they handle situations completely different. So when a storm comes, you'll have cattle and they'll be in a herd. And when the rain comes, they lay down. And they'll lay down through the whole storm. And they won't even get up and graze until the storm's over. And then now you got buffalo. that all line up in a herd and they face the storm directly head on and they start walking towards the storm. And so these two handled the situation completely different, very similar animals, but the reason why buffalo handle it that way is because it's the fastest way through it all. So through this program, I realized that the fastest way through this is just to go through it head on and not have this fear about it because God's gonna be here with us to pick us up. So as long as I kept that in mind and kept really tight with my spiritual program, I realized that I don't have to have this fear, this false evidence, you know, appearing real about it. I can just get through any of it. And through the grace of God in this program, I can stay in the middle of the herd and be fine through anything. So I just want to say thank you for that topic today. And I appreciate you guys. Thank you. How's everybody doing? My name's Anthony, alcoholic. Um, yeah, uh, I think this, um, this topic today um, was what I needed to hear. Um, and you know, fear, uh, there's a saying in, in the sports world, right? Um, you can face everything and run, you can face everything and rise. And, um, I think for most of my life or really up until last month, I've been running, right? Um, been running like a coward, you know, I've, uh, I've caused a lot of destruction everywhere I've gone. Um, this is my third state, fourth city. I'm originally from San Antonio. And um, I thought that I could um, outrun this disease, 
Right? But there's also another saying, wherever you go, there you are. Right. And so uh, a month ago, I, uh, I couldn't outsmart this disease and I just surrendered. You know, I didn't even uh, put up a fight anymore like I used to. And uh, God's been working in my life. Um, you know, he stripped everything from me or I think so. Right. But he has uh, bigger plans in store. And um, so, you know, I'm grateful for you guys. Um, you know, fear of telling our stories is probably within all of us. Right. It's probably what we're afraid of, um, ashamed of. But I can say this, as someone who's uh, young in this, you know, new to this, um, your stories actually uh, inspire people like me who are young in this. And um, the last thing you want to be is fearful to share your story because there's someone out there listening like me. And um, I just appreciate all you guys. You know, all of y'all are beautiful people. And, and this, uh, this group, Alcoholic Anonymous, is, uh, is the, the family that I never knew I needed and belonged to. So... Uh, I just appreciate you guys and uh, keep fighting the good fight. All right. <clears throat> Hi, Arlene, alcoholic. And Hi, Arlene. Arlene. Ooh, uh, very good topic. Um, <clears throat> uh, being a, a Latina, um, unfortunate, fortunately and unfortunately, we have a we have this really wrong concept for us women um, that we have to carry everyone on our shoulders. Like, um, <clears throat> and we're the last thing that is important. There, there, I, I, if a Latina woman says something about herself or about what she would like to do for her, before she like did everything for her children and the man, um, you are looked on as a very bad, you're not even a woman. So <clears throat> it is really hard to know who you are. You know, you, you have kids and you kind of know who you are, but you get lost really easily because you always have to put everybody before you. Um, <clears throat> and you also have to be very strong. Us Latinas moms, especially if you have grandkids, like you just have to be able to grab everybody, put them in your back and face that storm, you know, and, and give, it, give it your all. And it doesn't matter if by the time you end up out of it, you don't even have feet, <laughs> but that's just how we're raised. Um, so, you know, you just, you have to be so, I just grew up like having to be so tough. Um, when I first came here, I remember I, um, not necessarily laughed at the men, but I did laugh at the men because like, I just heard them always talking about fear. I was like, she's a can talk about is being a, like, what the hell? Like just get shit done. Cause that's the way I lived my whole life. And I lived it so, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's crazy. Like once, once it hit me, I, I remember I cried and cried because <clears throat> I also thought that I, because I was very like fierce and whatnot, um, that I was very honest, but I, I didn't realize that my entire life I had been living a lie. Like I, I lived this lie so I, I it was so engraved in me that um that I thought it was my truth that I was really that strong and that I really had no fear of anything. And man, like well, you know, why were you drunk all the time? <laughs> you know, I was drunk all the time because yes, I was afraid. Like I, I, everything was on my shoulders and I, I didn't even know who the hell I was. It, like, that's when it really, you know, as I started to do the program, like, I had to really find out who I was. And that scared the crap out of me. Um, I didn't know where to begin. It, I, I, I would go crazy. Like, I would literally, like, be on the ground going crazy. Like, you know, well, how do I figure out who I am? Or, you know, because I just, the way I lived my whole life, it was just, it was insane. Um, 
luckily I also come to church and, and between the, the steps and what I learned at church, um, it really, once I let God into my life and I surrendered it over to him, one of the things that I had to surrender to him was allowing me to be humble enough to to hear what he had to tell me or or to let him show me and direct me because I was just so like, I, it was just always what I said and that was it. Like there, there was just nothing else to talk about. Um, so now I'm in a place where I have to like not be afraid and let God actually be the one to tell me and show me. And, um, you know, that's how I kind of started to find out who I am. And in case I forget, he made sure that it was written in the Bible for me to know that I am powerful, that I am free, that I am enough. I, I mean, it just goes on and on the list. Um, and I've kind of devoted myself to continue to see what God says, who I am, because obviously I had no idea. And the person I thought I was was just like this drunk person at the bar all the time, you know, figuring out how, how and who I was going to get free beer from. Um, so, you know, that was, and, and there's so much more to me than that, you know? Um, but I had to dig deeper and it, it was scary. It was really scary, but I'm glad that I've done it. Um, and I just hope that all of you guys just love yourself at least a little bit, just enough to go ahead and go through with it yourselves. Thank you. Hello, my name is Evan. I am an alcoholic. And thank you very much, Oliver, for sharing share your experience with us. And guys, I'm going to tell you, now you know what I always drink. What happens with fear when you're drunk. Because that, that fear goes away. Okay? So what happened after? It only works for a little while. Because after, you know, when you depend all the every day, every night, every single time of your life, you're thinking about alcohol, you know? So that when alcohol gets into you, then you're afraid to stupid alcohol, you know? So I, I live all my, my, my life in fear, like Oliver was saying. You know, he just reminded me, you know, when he said that he feels like a coward. I feel like a coward all the time. And, I, and the problem with me is that I, I grew up with a very, very, very extremely mucho macho man. With a tough son of a bitch, you know, he was not afraid of anything. And also my brother was not afraid of anything. So I was, you know, the older than my brother and I feel less than anybody else because I always say to myself, why, you know, my brother is not afraid of anything and I'm afraid of everything. You know, I was, I was afraid to go to hell. Because I was going to burn in, in for eternity all the time, you know? Because God is going to punish me all the f time. You know, because I was a sinner. I cannot help, you know, to be a sinner. Because, you know, in the religion that I grew up, everything was a sin. Everything. You know, tell me, you know, if, if any of you guys are religious or Catholic, well, it's not a, 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 a sin. You know, you have to be a saint to be a, 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 a Catholic, you know, a person. Like I grew up to be, you know, so I was going to go to hell because I did everything that God didn't like, you know. So, you know, I'm always afraid of to everything. I can tell you, you know, I can be all night over here telling you what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of re rejection, you know, that you don't like me because I don't speak your language. See, I... For me, you know, a few years ago to be, say, to be, you know, in this microphone, I would be shaking like a cat and chicken, you know, because I can't talk. <laughs> I'm afraid that you're going to criticize me. What is this stupid Puerto Rican guy or Mexican guy doing in that stuff? You know, if he, I can understand the word he's saying, you know. And I was afraid of the gringos, you know. But what happened when I get a few uh, uh, shots with me, you know, a couple of tequilas or scotch or whiskey or whatever, the gringos were my best friends. I, my English was perfect and all this shit, you know. I was not afraid to talk, you know. And that's what happened. That's what I'm a drunk. That's what I'm an alcoholic. You know, like, you know, like everybody is saying, you know, 
When I came here, you know, I have a spiritual melody, you know. When I find over here that God, the guide, I find out in this program what God is not, you know. Because, you know, the God that I believe now is just love for crying out loud. I find out in this program that God loves me just the way I, I am. Even if I'm a sinner, even if I'm a drunk, even if I'm a goddamn bad father, a bad brother, a bad son, because I was all of that shit before. Because I don't give a shit when I was drunk. I did whatever in the hell I wanted to do. And nobody could stop me, you know? Nobody. I was a brave son of a bitch when I was a drunk. You know? But I was a coward when I didn't drink. So what I prefer, I go to, you know, to get uh, my uh, medicine for not being a goddamn uh, a brave man like my father, like my brother, like my friends. So I always feel like, you know, a little wimpy, little son of a gun, you know. I was going to say Puerto Rican again, but somebody's going to get offended, you know, because <laughs> that's the way I, I, uh, I love you. And you know I do. So this is my life, guys, you know. And uh, over here, you know, look, fears is all, always going to be there for me still. You know, but now I know that somebody, somebody's, you know, watching me. And somebody, that somebody is God. Now I know, you know, I'm not afraid to die anymore or, go, or to go to, to hell because I know I'm not going to hell. You know, definitely, I'm not going to hell. Not because I'm a saint. It's because God is going to take me with him whenever he wants. So I have no control over that. So when God says that's enough, I'll go right there with him, you know. And I know that I'm going to go to a really, really good place. And that fear went away, you know? But if I, you know, if, if I, if I do, do not do, you know, the stuff that I'm, if I don't work with others, you know, if I don't give what they give me, you know, to be in, the, in, the, in this uh, place that I am now, you know, I'm gonna be doomed. You know, do the program tells you to work with others? You know, and I used to think, you know, oh, I'm too fucking lazy, you know, I, I, I don't know, I, I'm too stupid to, you know, to give anything to these people. You know, and I'm working with, with, with others every single day, with, I'm not with a few people, with a lot of people, you know, and that is for me, because I, I'm, I, I get myself full of energy, full of God, full of love every time I work with others, you know. So this is how you can fight your fears. They're going to be there. Still, but they don't have the power that they used to have. At least they are not in myself, you know. I'm not afraid to talk with anybody anymore, you know. Because, you know, whatever my English is, it doesn't matter. Some people find it really okay. My accent, okay. You know, with women before, oh, I love your accent. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, so, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm really, you know, all the situations that I had before, like right now I'm getting promoted because, you know, we changed companies. So I got to talk with this executive uh, uh, big shot people, you know, and before I used to have three shots before I had to talk to anybody and I used to stutter and don't, don't even hear half of the stuff they were saying. Right now I'm going to say, you know, all I need to say is, God, please help me. You know, to Three minutes talking with God and you will have all the answers that you need. You don't need nothing else. You're not afraid to look at everybody in the eye and I say, I'm here. Tell me what you have in mind and tell me, you know, what you want me to do. And if I can do it, that I know I will be able to do it because I have somebody that's telling me, yes, you can do anything that you want. Because you, you don't, there's no reason to be afraid anymore. So this is what you get in this program. This is when you... When, when you you know, when Jesus is a friend of mine, and it's nothing is going to happen, you know. So everything happens just the way they want it. Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm Luis, and I'm an alcoholic. You know, I, I don't know much to say. It's new to me. Um, just recently, I, I've been married for 23 years, and I got an awesome family, wife, Two kids, 122. My daughter just won first place yesterday in Florida for cheerleading. And um, I just realized, man, that I've been a, I, 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 I got, I got, I'm tired. You know, this topic 
hit and that's why I'm pushing myself to kind of talk because fear is fear is a a motherfucker man it's it's uh it's something about your life like you say Oliver you know um I have friends and that have dropped and and I I seen them and uh to me cocaine's been uh my drug of choice and mm-hmm. and uh my whole family it's it's everywhere around me, so it's it's tough for me because it's cousins, everything. It's just seeing not to get away, and and that's my my. It's fearful every every day. It's a challenge, and um, I've been hearing about. You know, I heard about East Lake Church, and I heard about Seven Nine Recovery. Randomly, I got to call the number, and Luis actually reached out to me, and I was excited. I was working. I'm like, yo, this is Luis. I'm like, oh man, hell yeah! Like that's cool. You you got back to me. And um, the reason I've been coming over here, I missed last Monday, but this is this is this is outstanding. I I love what I see. I pretty much enjoy this. I give, I went back to my wife like, you know what? This is cool. This is like he really said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna step it up. I'm gonna keep on going, and <clears throat> and I hope I I reach what I want to do, and especially you know with the grace of God and and to uh, keep myself together first of all, so I can. I keep my my uh, my family, my beautiful wife, and my my beautiful kids, and and everyone. You know what? God bless you all. Like this, this is this is really good, and I want in 100%. God bless you all. All right, yeah. Hi, man. I'm Jason. I'm a grateful drug addict, recovered alcoholic. Good to be here. Love you guys. Um, Biggest fear I overcame wasn't coming here. It was asking somebody to help me. It's asking somebody to take me through the work. See, I listened, I saw what I wanted, and um, yeah. So that was the first step. And from there, beautiful things have happened in my life. Beautiful things, man. Um, what I understand today, and this is just me, is and Oliver touched on it. Fear's not real. It's not real, man. It's a conscious decision. It's a delusion, right? Like you said. Um, but see, through the step process, we turn our will and our life over to the care of God before we even talk about our fear. Why? Because I can't deal with my fear. I can't. So I got to look at my first step and my second step. I get to my third step. And then I say, okay, you know, I'm willing to turn this over. Then I start talking about my fear. Because God's will for me is love, like everybody said tonight. And where love exists, fear cannot exist, right? So if I'm turning my life over to God and I'm going this direction of love, I begin to recognize how fear is created by my pride and by my ego. So I can go on and on with all the fears and why and what, but the truth is that there's so much pride and ego involved in the fear in my life. And everything can come right back down, especially to the ego. And so the paragraph that you read, it's one of my favorite paragraphs in the book. And I, I read it every morning. It's one of the things that I look at every morning. And it tells me that perhaps there is a better way, right? I think it sums up the whole process, the whole program and everything, right? And we're living, it tells me I'm living life on a new basis, right? I'm going to trust, I'm going to rely upon God, okay? I'm going to trust infinite God rather than Jason, my finite self, right? And, but then it gives me a real important condition because it tells me that uh, just to the extent that I do as I think he would have me. Now, I just got done turning my will and my life over to the care of God. And I said, I made this decision, right? Okay. So what do I think God would have me do? So only to that extent, it's a key word, that I turn, that, that I do what God, I think he wants me to do, and I humbly rely upon him. Then he'll turn calamity into serenity. See, God just doesn't turn calamity into serenity for me because I'm in the way. 
So I have to, now here's a perfect example, okay? And, and for people that have been sober a long time, it's gonna take, it's hard to remember. For you guys that haven't been sober that long, it's easy, okay? Calamity out there, right? Calamity, you walked in the door. You walked in the door, you got a little bit of serenity. Why? Because you were doing what you thought God would have you do. That's it. And you humbly relied upon him and you walked through that door. And what happened? Even at 30 days, calamity starts to turn into serenity, right? So we got to take it further. We got to take it further. We got to ask for somebody for help. We got to go through the steps, right? We're building up to do this amends process that you talked about, right? But the book tells me that I'm only to write a letter if I can't see those people. If I cannot go see people, if, if it cannot be done in person, then I write a letter. Why? Because of the amount of courage that it takes. And you know what's crazy? The miracle that happens when you allow God to give you that courage. Because courage isn't the absence of fear. It's my ability to walk through the fear with the power of God doing what I think he would have me do. Holding my hand. And you know what happens? I get on the other side of that fire. Because I'm in the fire, dude. The fear is fire, right? And so, God's will, God's will, it's love. Well, we all talk about taking our will back. And, you know, I, I do this and I do that, and then all of a sudden, and then it just comes back. What if, and this is something else I've been contemplating, what if turning my will and my life over to God is getting my will back? How about that? That little child that Oliver talked about, Right. So when I turn my will and my life over to God, that's the real me. So I am getting it back. And every time I say that I'm taking it back or I'm getting in. the No, that's my ego and my pride. And that's not God's will. And that's not the person that he created. So when I begin to look at it like that, it becomes easier. And it, and it means like this is what's destined. This is what he would have for me. This is what I want. I begin to crave it because I start to understand that. That's how it's supposed to be. But in my second step, I got to come to believe. See, this is a process. Otherwise, I'm just kind of spinning my wheels. So thanks for having me share. Thank you. Bernie Alcoholic. Fear. Well, in my addiction, you know, alcoholic, drug user, gang member. The only thing I feared was myself because putting drugs, alcohol in me, especially those bottles, um, I turned evil. I turned into someone scared of myself because I didn't care who I hurt. You know, my pride, my ego, self-esteem, didn't care. You know, um, fear, man. I'll tell the truth, I'm scared of the, I'm scared of hell. I'm chubby, I don't belong in hell, it's too hot. You know, uh, I don't want to go to hell, man. You know, and um, ever since I surrendered my life over and my and will, my life and will over to God, I don't fear nothing, straight up, I don't. Because there's nothing to fear. If I have God in my life, I don't have nothing to fear. I just let him do whatever he tells me to do, that's what I'm gonna do. And fear doesn't even, it does come around in my mind. The only thing I fear, to tell you the truth, be honest here, is not living life to full potential. Not being the dad that I was sent down here to be. That's what I'm scared of. Not passing the message of God. That's what I'm scared of. Because if you pass that message to your loved ones, to your kids, to your wife, I mean, and you got a happy family, so you know? And that's what I'm scared of now. To be honest, that's what I'm scared of now. And that's what I'm doing exactly now, is pushing, you know, and educating my kids about God, passing them the good message, you know, because uh, we need God in our life. I need these programs. I need this, this classroom right here, man. Without this, man, I'll be dead, to be honest. And being here, being in the Salvation Army program, I don't fear nothing. 
you know, because uh, I got peace. I got him behind my back. Man, we, I, I walk right along with him, his side. I don't fear nothing, nothing at all. Whatever comes my way, comes my way, and, and God will help me out. That's all I got. Good evening, family. Oh, fear, huh? Yeah, I used to fear a lot of things. Who uh, are you? Huh? Who are you? Jose Alcoholic Addict. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I used to fear success. I used to fear a lot of things, but I let all that go, you know. I walk with faith now, and uh, I'm growing spiritually. I said, I don't really talk no more, but... I'm not gonna lie, I still mess up, you know, to this day I'm still messing up, but you know, I stopped doing something and I started doing something else, so I'm like, man. So but as for forgiveness, I'm trying my best. I'm not perfect. Um I try to be more honest now. Well, I try to at least, right? Um and yeah, man, and everything's working in my favor. You know, my daughter my second daughter will be seven uh fifteen, I mean, in September and uh, I'm happy, you know. At first, I was fearing. I'm like, man, I'm not gonna make it. I'm a from here to there, something could happen. But you know what? I stopped doing a lot of things that I was doing before, and it feels good. It feels good to do the right thing, and um, fear is going away. You know, now I fear the the right things. You know, like death, prison, like just stuff that I'm, you know, used to not being afraid of. You know, like when I used to be afraid of prison was because I know once I got locked up, I wouldn't be able to use or drink like I normally would. So now I just fear because I don't want to go in there and come back down the road over again. So I don't know. Just I'm happy. I found joy. I have peace in my heart. Um, everything feels good, man. Like you know, so clean and sober. I have ten and a half months, and a month and a half I'll have a year. And to be honest, that one I do fear. I'm like, you know what? I'm ahead a year, and now what? You know? Another one, man. Yeah, like now what? Um, but I'm excited, you know, I'm excited. I'm around a bunch of people that lift me up, and even though we mess around with each other, like, I'm gonna be honest, we, we poke at each other, and we test each other, and I'm like, you know what? I love you, man, you know? That guy knows who he is, but, man, I used to explode, you know? You will mess with me, I will explode, and I'm like, you know what? I fear now that, because I don't control myself. I don't control my tongue. What I say, what I think, or what I do, you know, like I black out, and then you know what, that that I do fear, so I don't do that no more, cause I know where it's gonna land me at, you know, either in jail or if I'm lucky, you know. So, man, keep coming back, and I would, like all my guys, man. I don't know why you guys are sitting there scared, man. You know, you guys walk around with your chest out, you walk around with your chest out, Mr. Tough guys, Mr. Prison guys, you know, come and speak up. You know, speak up the truth, whatever you have in your mind, you know. I used to be afraid, man. It took me three months to actually come up here and speak at any meeting. I was afraid of, like, just like I said, I was afraid of whatever they were going to criticize me, judge me. But you know what? And believe it or not, somebody can relate in some way, shape, or form. We're powerless. We're hopeless, you know. I used to have a little voice, you know what? You ain't nothing, this and this and this and that. Now no more. I don't listen. I don't have that voice no more. You know, by the grace of God, I don't crave drugs or alcohol or other things, you know. I'm still lusting. I still do, like, little things. But you know what? Little by little, all that is fading away. Little by little, man. And I, I ask God every single morning, thank you for another day that I have another chance to, like, work through that. And you know what? It's been helping me. It's been helping me. Um, actually, two days ago, I cried with, with my little girl because she wants me to earn her quinceanera. And you know what? She never wanted me to be in her life. She was like, you know what, you always come around. Like, who cares if you fill up the fridge or you give my mom some money or you take us out? Like, we just want you here. So I fear that, you know, not being there for them. So now I got to do good. And like they say, out of sight, out of mind, just do good. And from work to back home. And I'll finish the program in two and a half months now. And you know what? I'm excited. I'm excited with what life has for me, you know, because doors are opening and, uh, I'm seeing life from a whole different point of view. I'm actually thinking positive and, uh, you know, just keep coming back, man. Work your steps. I'm on step four, by the way. I've been doing my step five again, this time fully. Last time I didn't do it all the way, I, I let some stuff out and, yeah. I think that's why I relapsed. That was my fear, to put everything out, you know. And you know what? 
it helps, man. Just come up here and share a little bit, even if it's just your name or whatever. Um, get that weight off your shoulders. Um, it's good, man. Look at this. It's a small group, but man, leave me. It helped. Every time I go to a meeting, like everybody shares, like I could relate some, like a little bit, a little bit, you know, at least a little bit. And I thank God because I'm still alive, and after everything, I shouldn't be here. You know, I deserve worse. Like worse. You know I mean, I was a mess. I was a mess. I couldn't even stand myself, you know. I was the I was the worst liar, worst manipulator. I was a people's user, just to get what I wanted, needed. And you know what? I don't want that no more, and I don't need that no more. So you guys keep coming back, and love you guys. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe at eastlakebba.com. You can also help us reach others by spreading the word about our podcast. Thank you for joining us today on the East Lake Big Book Awakening Podcast.